All right, and we're back for another episode of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, Game Source, and of course, Pop Culture Cosmos. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us that five star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. When we come back here in a little bit, a few months right now, as we set up for another great season of Inside Sports Fantasy Football, it is truly appreciated. But as I said on our last episode before we ended our season, we said we will be back for a special Super Bowl episode. And of course, we are here for that. We're going to be talking the big game. And with me today are my co-hosts in crime. They are the guys behind Domination Sports Nation. You got to catch their latest episode, which dropped the other day, available wherever you get your podcasts. It is Dom and Chris Ardieri. And I'll start with you, Dom. Oh, ho, ho, you've got the Mahomes right there for you on the icon. I already know who you're rooting for. I wanted to ask you this. When it comes down to the big game, what are some of the early things that you're looking for is that, you know, maybe the defensive side of the ball or the offensive side? What are the kind of matchups you're looking for as far as they're going to play a crucial role in the big game? Yeah, well, I think the Chiefs secondary and the Chiefs defense is going to have to show up and as well as the Buccaneers defense because you got Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and the Chiefs run game has been lethal this season as well. So I think the Chiefs offense is great. The Buccaneers, they've showed flashes flashes of greatness despite Tom Brady throwing three interceptions in the NFC Championship game, but they have their good pieces. Leonard Fournette has definitely played well in the postseason. So I, I think the defenses are going to have to show up. I'm really excited for this game. It's it's going to be an interesting matchup, kind of like a great chess match. Chris Sardieri is back as well, and I wanted to ask you this, Chris. I mean, Dom hit it right there on the head as far as some of the matchups that you're looking at, that he's looking at. I don't know about the secondary for Tampa Bay. I mean, I, I see Tom Brady eating it up on this, the short passing game. But is, I mean, should they really be afraid at this point in time in Tom's career about any type of long ball? Because I don't fear that. And I know after three interceptions in the NFC title game, I wouldn't fear that. So I ask you, my friend, I mean, to me, the, the advantage is clearly for Kansas City at this point in time. How are you seeing it? Because I, I don't know. Tom Brady got them all the way there, even with a eh, kind of playoff session. I'm not sure he can get them all the way. I agree with you. And if the Chiefs are going to win it, everyone will say, oh, their offense has to put up points. But I think the Chiefs defense has to do something that the Saints failed to do and the Packers failed to do. And that's take away Brady's throwing options and they need to pressure him more. Let's face it, Brady had a pretty miserable second half in the NFC Championship against the Packers. And he got picked off three times and there was another opportunity for a fourth. But since the Bucks were out to such a big lead and uh, you want to talk about defense, I uh, want to play a little defense before the end of that first half, not giving up the deep ball. Those are the those are the throws Brady can make when a guy's wide open behind the cornerback or the safety. But Steve Spagnolo, who was also the D coordinator of the Giants, won one of the biggest upsets in football or sports history. They beat the undefeated Pats and knocked Brady around. And that was 2008. So 
what, 13 years ago. This is the 43-year-old Tom Brady who doesn't like getting hit. As we saw this season, when the Saints beat them twice in the regular season, they applied a lot of pressure. He doesn't like getting rushed up the middle. When he gets hit or flustered, uh, you see Tommy get angry. So I think that's the way the Chiefs win. And I do think, too, their secondary has the ability to take away the deep ball. As Dom mentioned on our podcast this week, look at what they did with Stephon Diggs, one of the best, if not the best receiver in the NFL this year, was really held in check. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I just don't see a scenario where Tampa Bay is going to really find a lot of easy offense simply because of the fact that I don't think Tom Brady is going to be able to go and stretch the defense. That's my thing. I think that for Kansas City, you can stretch the defense on them. I mean, if you find if Aaron Rodgers was playing, if Aaron Rodgers, because he clearly outplayed Tom Brady in that NFC title game, but you know what? Crafty Tom found those found a way to win. If if Aaron Rodgers here, he would go and test that defense. I would clearly say that that would be a bigger problem and bigger matchup nightmare for Kansas City right now. But Dom, I wanted to ask you this. I mean. You're, I mean, uh, to me, a lot has to focus on Tampa Bay's running game. If they're going to be able to go ahead and win this game, they've got to help out Tom Brady as much as possible, and that has to start with the running game. Yeah, Leonard Fournette's going to have to play well, and how about or Ronald, Ronald Jones? Jones? Yeah, Ronald Jones as well. He's kind of fallen behind there since he got COVID, and Fournette took over. But I think they have two great running backs, and. They're capable of running the football well. Well, I'm, like I said, very intrigued about this matchup. Again, on paper, it does look a little bit like a mismatch because, again, I I think there's some deficiencies with Tampa Bay that I don't think they're going to be able to overcome. But then again, we've been wrong on this before, Chris, where, you know, it looks like a certain favorite going in. And Kansas City comes in as as an overwhelming favorite here in Vegas, uh, they come in as the defending Super Bowl champions already. I mean, it hasn't been – it's been a while since we've seen a team go back-to-back here in Super Bowls. So I want to hear your thoughts on Kansas City. And do you think that the pressure is going to be greater on them or Tom Brady as he heads into his 10th Super Bowl? I think you can go either way on that. I definitely think it'll be on the Chiefs in the sense that, like you said, no one's repeated and a lot's expected of them. They've only lost one game this entire year. They haven't lost a road game. There's not as much media pressure, hype in your faceness that there would be a t- typical Super Bowl week. The Chiefs are handling this like any other road game, and they're showing up Saturday afternoon, staying in their hotel one night, and it's on to the game. On the flip side, you say, well, the Bucks have the advantage. They're the first team ever to play in their home stadium. They can you know, stay in their houses, take a drive to the stadium, not have to travel by plane and all that stress. But by the same token, that could also present a lot of pressure on them. I think personally, it'll be more on the Chiefs because everyone expected them to be there and everyone expects them to repeat, whereas the Bucks are kind of playing with house money at this point and they're the surprise team. But that said, you know, like you said, in Vegas, it seems like everyone thinks the Chiefs are going to win. But what I find interesting is line hasn't really moved a heck of a lot. There was that three and a half when the line was first released, and it seems like the smart money jumped on the Bucks, knocked it down to pretty much Chiefs minus three across the board. So even the betting public, they, they moved it, but that line stayed pretty stable. So what that tells me, and I've got to agree with Vegas on this one, I, I think the Chiefs do win. It'll be a lot closer than people think. I personally don't think we'll see a blowout. I'm going to disagree slightly. 
I think it, it's going to be decided somewhere in the early part of the second half. Personally, I, I just think that they're going to be able to pull away at some point, and maybe there's going to be a late touchdown to kind of close the gap a little bit. But before we, you know, go ahead into our full predictions on the game, because I think everybody already knows by now that they're listening that they can tell which way we're leaning on. But Dom, I wanted to ask you this: uh, when it comes down to it, I mean. For the Bucks to actually go ahead and beat your Kansas City Chiefs, they're going to have to get big games. Like I said, or they're going to have to at least get some type of you know production that's really good and quality from the running backs. But they're also going to have to get a lot of yards after the catch from their running back, from their wide receivers because their wide receivers. We talked about them last year about how well they did with Jameis Winston. We talked about how well they did this year under Tom Brady. I think if, as far as the short passing game that they're going to have to lean on with Tom Brady, there's going to have to be a lot of yards after the catch. Yeah, and they're going to have to watch some film, and I bet they have what the Raiders did in week five. I don't know if that was a fluke or what, but the Raiders definitely beat the Chiefs offensively. They did well. They threw Derek Carr, had a great game, and how about defensively as well? They made Mahomes uncomfortable, and they forced him to rush out of the pocket and he threw a bad interception and just the turnovers came in. So the Buccaneers defense are going to have to force a turnover or two. And like you said, there's going to be need to be a lot of offensive production. There has to be because when it comes to what's going to be on the Kansas City Chiefs side of the ball, Chris, I know there's going to be a lot of talk about, you know, all the different various options on there. I mean, sometimes we've seen it where they've underperformed because they have too many spoils. But for the most part, it's been a wealth of riches for Mahomes. So I want to hear your thoughts on if there's any specific offensive matchup that you think Kansas City is going to target first and foremost. Should they start with more running game or are they going to just go ahead and go right at them with that great set of white receivers that they have as well? I think they'll go at them. And the reason I say that is because it worked the first time around. Tyreek Hill had something ridiculous, like close to 200 yards in the first half and a slew of touchdowns. And uh, I think they're going to see, well, we, we know this can work. We know there's vulnerabilities in the Bucks secondary. And, you know, with Mahomes, even with the issues the Chiefs have on the OL, he's so mobile and so quick that it's it almost reminds me of back in the day, like a Dan Marino, where, yeah, you could rush him, but he just gets rid of the ball so quickly, or in Mahomes' case, could move out of the pocket that it becomes a non-issue. So I think that's how they'll start. Longer term in the game, I'm thinking with the return of Clyde Edwards-Alaire a couple of weeks back, he's going to get more involved in the offense and will probably add another wrinkle to them. So I wouldn't be surprised if they start out doing it that way, but judging by the way Reed and Mahomes have been running things not only this year and in the playoffs, I say air it out, uh, kind of get the bucks on their toes and then maybe do the reverse and set up the run. I agree with you. I think it should be something where it is going to be very, very important for Tampa Bay to go ahead and play well on all cylinders because I really think that three points as we've seen the line here in Las Vegas I think that's way too small personally but Dom I want to hear your thoughts is there any other factor that you see in this I mean are you worried at all when you when you've looked at the video when you've looked at what happened before previously when you look at the where the teams stand now heading into the big game is anything really concern you as a Kansas City fan 
I mean, I guess I'm concerned if the Chiefs are going to lose, but I, I don't think they will. I was definitely more worried last year when they played the 49ers. I didn't think they were going to win that game, especially being down 20 to 10 and Mahomes had thrown an interception. I thought it was over and then they came back and won. And even if the Chiefs get down early, I have the faith in them to come back and win like they did against Buffalo, went down nine to nothing, had a bad start, and then they went out and next thing you know, in a snap, it was 21 to nine. We'll be right back with more fantasy football. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to go on with the big game. I'm really excited for it. Again, there's going to be a lot of matchups that are going to be very interesting to see. A lot of questions abound for both sides. Not as many on Kansas City, but there are some, I think, on especially on the defensive side, if they can go ahead and control the passing game that Tom Brady is going to dish out to them. Before we go into our final predictions and maybe some of those crazy prop bets that are going to be out there, maybe you want to comment on those, Chris. I want to hear your thoughts on, actually, I mean, at this point in time, 10 Super Bowls for Tom Brady. I know a lot of people out there, and you know, if you're not Tom Brady fans or you are, you, you are Tom Brady fans. I'm on the fence. I just see him as a, as a great quarterback that's been able to go ahead and doesn't always give you the sterling numbers. He just always gives you the winning numbers and ten Super Bowls proves it. Absolutely. I mean, it's history every year. It seems like he's breaking another record, and I don't think we'll see this again in our lifetime, especially with the way that teams don't stay together, even even the whole Brady-Belichick connection. Everyone thought, well, once they parted ways, that would be the end of it. No, he goes right down to Tampa and gets back to his Super Bowl. Yeah. So it's it's unbelievably remarkable. And, uh, you know, whether you like the guy or not, I have my opinions about him. Uh, I'll just leave it as I'm rooting for the Chiefs. But um, it's pretty amazing because you look back at – when I was a kid, the best QB matchup in the Super Bowl everyone thought was going to be great and didn't pan out was Montana versus Marino. It was Marino's second year. He had a record-breaking year. He threw for over 5,000 yards, which was mind-boggling back then, believe it or not. And you know, at the conclusion of that game, people thought, oh, Marino will be back again. You know, Montana's the, the veteran, and he, he, he outmatched him and so on. And Marino never got back. So, I mean, even on the flip side with Mahomes being in his second consecutive Super Bowl this young, as great as he is, can you see him making 10 Super Bowls? Uh, hard to say, uh, but I don't I don't think he will. So you got to give props to Brady in that respect. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, again, whether you love him or hate him, he is a 10-time Super Bowl individual, which, again, is – extremely hard to beat and it's a record for you know the nfl out there so i mean we've only seen this kind of prosperity when it comes to what we talk about with the nba and the boston celtics players and some of the lakers players and of course you know there's some there's just a few others phil jackson you know how he was able to go ahead and collect rings like they were going out of style but dom i think it's now time to go ahead and delve into our super bowl picks and a point spread well, actually, I don't know if I should be talking point spreads because I don't want to corrupt your mind because, you know, if you don't want to get you started down that road. There's a lot of people here in Vegas that started down that road and unfortunately they <laughs> crash landed, so to speak. But I'm going to go ahead and get your thoughts on that game. And, 
tell me your thoughts on, on what you're thinking about as far as an outcome is concerned. Yeah, well, I'm going to agree with my dad. I think it'll be closer than everyone thinks it'll be. And I'm going to go out and say the Chiefs will win 31 to 24. I think that is a good prediction. I think I think the Bucks will keep it close. I'm not trying to be too cocky here because I know when people become cocky, something bad tends to happen. So I'm going to be I'm going to be nice. and I'm going to say 31 to 24 Chiefs. All right, Chris, the floor is now yours. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with him. I don't know about the exact score, but I like the way that total adds up. We'll get to that later. But I think three points, right? How, how about the good old days, Gerald, when there were crowds and the home team would automatically get three points was the unspoken rule. Does that mean that this game is uh, the, the line's a little different than what it should be? I'm not quite sure, but I still think three so low and I could see points. To me, that's not a blowout. I know you probably think like 14 or more, but I, I think something in, in line with that sort of score would make sense. Even if the Chiefs kind of stumble at points like they uh, did in last year's Super Bowl, I mean, a 28-17 type game wouldn't surprise me. But bottom line is I do not see the Bucks putting up the amount of points like they get it in against the Packers. I think it'll be a little more like maybe parts of that Saints game were when they struggled and they did get a few touchdowns. They may have to resort to running more than Brady throwing, but uh, bottom line is I see the Chiefs winning and kind of perplex as to why the point spread's still this low. I agree with you on that. I think it should be a larger point spread. Vegas is going to get a lot of action until it does swing a little bit more in favor of the, the Chiefs because I think they should be heavily even more favored than they are when it concerns the, the the three points. I just think it's that those betters love for Tom Brady may be jading them a little bit as far as it's concerned. Again, the Tom Brady that I saw in the NFC championship game was not the individual that I've seen for most of the season. And he's starting to look a little bit more like his age. And in fact, he was never the most accurate quarterback in history anyways but at this age he needs to he needs to be at the top of his game to face off against Kansas City because Kansas City is going to score and score often and in order to go ahead and counteract that he's going to be able he's going to have to be able to not turn the ball over and he cannot go three turnovers uh, three interceptions like he did in the NFC championship game well like we talked about before Aaron Rodgers clearly outplayed him in that game 350 yards, three touchdowns, only one interception, and still lost. The Tampa Bay found a way to win, even though Brady threw three touchdowns, three interceptions. You know what? He's not going to be able to get away with that, I don't think, twice in a row. Basically, he's going to have to go ahead and find somewhere, dig down deep inside to find vintage Tom Brady, and I'm not sure that's going to happen. So I'm thinking it's going to be a little bit farther as far as the distance concerned. Not quite 14, although I wouldn't be surprised if it goes two touchdowns or more. I'm going to say 38 to 28, just to be a little bit on the safer side. It's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs for me as well. We're all picking Kansas City. For me, I think they're going to win two in a row. It's going to be very interesting to see. But before we head on out, guys, I do appreciate you taking the time to speak to me today. Chris, woof, woof, woof. It's time to go to the doghouse. 
I don't really have a, a game doghouse pick because, like I said, uh, I'm not a huge fan of the line value-wise for an underdog here. But how about this one? I'll throw it out there. The the over-under last 56, if you can get a little higher than that in Vegas or any states where this is legal, not that I'm condoning gambling, but do it legally, please. I say take the under. Everyone tends to bet the over in the Super Bowl. And I think here, too, Dom gave a prediction that added up to 55 points. I could see that scenario happening. I think, too, that the Chiefs defense will probably do a better job of of stopping Brady and containing him. So I don't think you'll have many that many points on that side of the ball. So what the heck? I'll just throw that out as my, my doghouse pick one last time for the 2020 season. And then in terms of props, I'm not a fan of the national anthem over under the color of Gatorade, the coin toss, so on and so forth. Uh, I know a few years back when you first had me on, Gerald, I threw out there the one of my favorites, the first touchdown to be scored by a player. And it was that infamous Patriots-Rams game where there was only one touchdown scored, and it was uh, towards the latter portion of the fourth quarter. And I got it right. It was Sony Michelle, who's now forgotten in New England. So, look, Tyreek Hill... Kelsey, they're going to be favored to score the first touchdown. I kind of like some of those middle-of-the-road guys that when I'm looking at odds. You've got like a, a Clyde Edwards-Alaire or, or a, a Leonard Fournette, probably somewhere in their neighborhood of like 10 to 1 odds, maybe 12 to 1, depending on what book you're looking at. Um, if you like, if you think it's going to be a passing reception, maybe one of the tight ends like Gronk or Brait have better odds. I mean, at a receiver, Chris Godwin, somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 1. Or I even saw in one place, I, I can't remember if Mahomes scored the first touchdown last year, but I believe he had a rushing one at one point. Uh, yeah, what he about did. Him? He actually, yeah. yeah, he did. Okay, so my memory's not failing me. Thanks, Dom. I mean, take a take a run on him. We've seen him do it not only down the stretch, but in the playoffs, run in a touchdown and looks like his toes better. I, I think it's not a bad idea to take a reach on him at you know, whether it's eighteen to one or twenty to one, depending on where you're looking. Um, for me, that's a little more fun. You get some better odds, it's a little more interesting, and frankly, there's some football involved, not just some random guy grabbing a Gatorade cooler to determine what the color will be or, you know, how long the yodeling will happen on the national anthem to affect your over. Well, I'm going to say right now, if anything sticks out to me, and I was just checking the odds right now on covers.com, what they have for prop bets and all that. The most interesting ones were me for MVP. And of course, Mahomes is the overwhelming favorite right now. I think at a minus 120, Tom Brady is a plus 187. Those are the obvious ones. But Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey at plus 1,000. Those are some interesting odds, to say the least. If you're a betting individual out there and you're looking into maybe some bets on the outside of just the point spread, look at Kelsey, look into Tyreek Hill. They could be worth throwing a couple bucks down there. There's our thoughts on the big game. Dom, Chris, I know you have the awesome domination sports nation that is now available each and every week we're going to be off for a while for inside sports fantasy football i hope to bring you guys on for some maybe some marvel talk star wars talk or laker talk on one of the other shows that i do pop culture cosmos or the lakers fast break but before we head on out the show that you regularly do like you do for inside sports fantasy football is domination sports nation so dom before we head on out Fill everyone in what you got planned or what you have recorded so far already for Domination Sports Nation. Yeah, so we actually posted a new episode this morning. We, Of course, we did a Super Bowl preview just like what we did right now. And 
we broke down the Matthew Stafford trade that sent him to the Rams. That was some big news in the NFL and talked about the NBA and how about EA Sports and the NCAA getting together about college football will be back in video game style. Yep, EA indeed, uh, amongst many other things, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. But they said a lot of things, and one of them, you're right, is stepping back into college football. And, of course, you guys mentioned the trade as well. I I guess I'll say it out loud. I mean, for me, I thought, and I told this to you, Chris, that I thought that the Rams gave away way too much, and I think they're going to end up hurting it. Not only did the Lions get younger, yeah, maybe right now Goff is not exactly at the level Stafford is, but I'm not trusting Stafford's injury history. I'm not trusting anything when it comes to Stafford. He's never really played on, on some really, really, really strong teams. I don't know. I would have not given up on Goff so soon, especially not for Goff and three draft choices. Yeah, I get it. They paid a king's ransom, and I think on paper it looks good for the Rams. Their, uh, the Lions, excuse me, was one of the people behind drafting Goff in L.A. I think this goes back to, and I, I said it at the time, I can't remember if it was on this show or somewhere else, but the Rams did not have to extend Jared Goff when he was coming off that poor Super Bowl, and I thought it was a hint of things to come. And, you know, like a broken clock, I was right twice, and – they shouldn't have done that. And then to cover up that mistake, they then have to dump a, a series of number one picks in the future. From their perspective, I get it. They need to win now. They've got a lot of money tied up at the quarterback position and with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. So theoretically speaking, the Rams will probably be good and those will be latter half of the first round picks for the Lions. But the Lions are doing a complete reboot and they did the right thing there. So who knows? They may keep Goff for a year and decide they don't like him and cut him. A cap hit might not be as bad as they thought. But uh, I'll, I'll say this much. I think it's good for the Rams in the sense that McVay wanted them. Stafford wanted to be there. They think this is the missing piece. They can make a run. What I'm scratching my head over now is there are so many other rumored trades and quarterbacks on the market between a Deshaun Watson. Um, I don't think Wentz is going to be going, but I wouldn't want him anyway. Kirk Cousins, not that I'd want him, but I mean, when he's talking about being traded, you know, there's going to be a lot of moving parts and now Derek Carr. So if I were the Rams, I probably would have tried to make a run at Watson. If you're going to spend that much money on a quarterback, yep. I'm guessing they kicked the tires and there's no movement there. Or maybe Watson's really dug in about going to the Jets or the Dolphins. But if not, I, I guess it's a good substitute considering that they, you know, in an NBA style, Gerald, as you know, this, it was almost like, a, you know, matching up those dollars to fit it in the cap and throwing a few pieces here and there. But on our podcast this week, the Rams are doing the Clippers, right? They're they're trying to win now, so all the chips are on the table. All the chips are on on the table, indeed. Again, I'm not sure I would give up that for it, but Dom, any last thoughts on the golf trade before we head on out? I really have nothing. I just think, like you said, the Rams, of course, gave up their first round picks, and I think those could be valuable, especially that they're paying Donald Ramsey. They extended Woods too. Uh, I have to agree with my dad. They're win now, right now. They're like the Nets right now. Well, we'll wait and see what happens there, and we'll also wait and see what happens this Sunday for the big game. Looking forward to it. It is Super Bowl coming up with Kansas City and Tampa Bay. We're looking forward to a great matchup. You've heard our thoughts on it. But, again, you need to check out the awesome show, Domination Sports Nation. Guys, since this is going to be the last show we do as far as for Inside Sports Fantasy Football for a little while, please go ahead and share that social media. 
for you guys on the way out. Definitely. If you're if you're looking up the name of the podcast, we're on all the major platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor. It's Dom hyphen Ination Sports Nation. You can find us also under that same name on YouTube, Instagram at Domination Sports Nation, and my personal Twitter at Chris L Sports. Post the links there every week. Gerald's kind enough to like and retweet them as well. So we appreciate it. And listen, from the bottom of my heart and Dom's, thanks for having us on this year. Thanks for having us on Lakers Fast Break and PCC to talk Mandalorian. We appreciate it. We'll miss doing this show, but you know, soon enough, we wanted to get through the, the football and everything. We know you're a busy guy, but I, I think you're going to be hearing from us in the coming weeks as reality sets in. And we've got nothing more than some basketball to be watching here. And we need a basketball expert on our show because I'm not up for it. You know I am, though. You know I am. But I look forward to another season of Inside Sports Fantasy Football coming up. We will go ahead and be on in the weeks leading up to the NFL season just to let you know our strategies and also remind you of which best players and also as well the the best draft choices that you can go ahead and make for your upcoming fantasy football drafts. So that's something that we always look forward to go ahead and presenting you. So we will be back in the coming weeks, just before the start of the NFL season. We're looking forward to this Sunday. We're looking forward to another season of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. And we will be bringing back back to you later this year, right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. <laughs>